podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I've got a title this morning of Shoes Off. That is the first thing, and I'd never thought this would happen to me. You know when you're growing up? Anyway, now when my children get to the threshold of the front door, the first thing I say is, shoes off. And they're like that. You don't think it's ever going to happen, but indeed it did. We are well on our way though, aren't we, into the, the new year. I've, um, I've noticed that the year of January isn't far off being done. <laughs> what is it with January? I've been trying my utmost not to look at the date, right? And whatever reason this morning, I thought I'll just have a quick look. And I looked at the date and I thought, there's still another Sunday in January. How is that possible? It's the world's longest month. It goes on and on and on. Oh, I feel like it's never going to end. But anyway, there is only one more Sunday. That'll be the 30th. And then, yeah, January's got to have one more day on it. So there'll be the 31st as well. But we've been alluding to, haven't we, over the past few weeks, that we move forward step by step. You'll have noticed on the new artwork, I'm sure, that it says step by step on there. But we're continually, God willing, making progress Claiming back territory for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's the goal, anyway. We all know, don't we, that timing, though, is everything. Anybody else got perfect timing like me? I I tried desperately to keep a straight face. I always feel, now you might be different, but we've discussed this before, that my timing is spot on, you know? Now, Aubrey, you won't mind me picking you out here, I am sure. We'll discuss it later. Aubrey works on 10 minutes late timing. It doesn't, listen, it's fine. We love you for it. Alistair, he could be worse. Although this morning, I got here and he was a good 20 minutes earlier than he normally is. Flabbergasted, I tell you. Flabbergasted. I don't know what it is, but timing is one of those things. We all have a different time to what we think, what we feel is acceptable. Now also, when it comes to ideas or things that we feel like the Lord is telling us to do, steps that we need to take, directions that we need to go in, I can find myself saying to the Lord, right, I feel this is what you're telling me. I'll read the word and it's like, I'm like, yes, this is where we're meant to be heading. And then I just go for it. And it all seems a bit flat. And I'm like, well, I thought it was, I thought it was time. Well, the problem is, you see, is it doesn't work around my agenda. It doesn't work around my timing. In fact, God works actually around his timing. And I've thought long and hard about this. And I reckon his timing's better than mine. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Now, what about you? Is God's timing better than yours? Or is your timing spot on? Yeah, okay, so you might have the same answer. So if God's timing's better, why does it always feel like it's wrong? Why does it always feel like it's not happening when it's supposed to happen? Why does it always feel like we have to wait just a little bit longer? Anybody else like this, or is this just me? 
I've prayed for patience before, all right? I'm on camera, the Lord gave me lol. <laughs> I only dare say that because I've said it the other way around a thousand times. You pray for patience, you be careful what you ask for because he might just give it to you. But you see, we have to be on time, but not our time, God's timing. We have to be in step, in time with God. There is a time always to step. As we are looking and as we've seen step by step. But there's also a time to be still. There's a time to step and there is a time to be still. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. Even a time to refrain from meeting together. Says that in the word. Have a read of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. <laughs> so it's like God knew, isn't it? There is a time for everything. Psalm 46 verse 10, a well-known psalm that I'm sure you all know, says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and in the stillness we get to know. Be still and know that I am God. And then the opposite end of the spectrum, if you like, Matthew 28, Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples. There's a time to be still and there's a time to go. There's a time to sit and listen and there's a time to step. We can't be all go, can we? And no sit, else we won't get very far. Because the truth is we do it in our own strength and I've got, I reckon by dinner time on Wednesday, I'm spent. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Anybody else get that Wednesday lag? You know, like on, a, on an iMac, you have what they call the wheel of death. When you're trying to load something and this little circle comes up and it's like, oh, you feel like forever is passing by. That is a Wednesday for me. Monday, terrible. Tuesday, I'm like, happy days. Wednesday, lunchtime, I'm like, oh, please, Lord, Friday, where is it? And we have this, these moments of, of up and down. But similarly, we can't be all sit and no go. Else nothing would ever get done. Have you tried it? Yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Again, you realise when you enter adulthood, now this is not a new thing for me, Honestly, I've got a 12-year-old child, so in theory, I should have grown up a while ago. But I've noticed that if I don't wash up and Lol's not in, the pots don't get done. I know. There's a few blokes in here going, really? <laughs> well, I've never noticed that before. You know when you throw your jeans on the floor and then like three days later, they're back in your wardrobe? Incredible. I know. Anyway... But you see, we can't just be all sit and no go because the truth is nothing will get done. But timing is everything. More specifically, God's timing is everything. Take Moses, for example. He is saved by God from a very hateful Pharaoh. He's set apart from a baby, placed in a basket, dropped in the Nile. He's pulled out of the Nile by Pharaoh's own daughter who goes, wow, he's gorgeous, I wanna keep him. But I tell you what, oh, I don't want the hard work. <laughs> That's princesses for you. So 
find somebody, a nice Hebrew lady, who'll look after this Hebrew baby. Oh, his mum will do. So when Moses is weaned, he then goes off to the palace and he's raised as an Egyptian. He's educated as an Egyptian. And it's like, well, God has clearly got a plan here. And God has clearly got his man in this young babe who has been placed in the, and amongst the bulrushes in the Nile. And now, all of a sudden, Moses is a grown man. And he's like, God, you've set me aside. I am an educated Egyptian man, but I am a Hebrew. So I know for well that my people, the slaves of Egypt, they need to be free. And that's what I'm here for. So I tell you what, now I've seen this uh, awful Egyptian oppressing my people, I'm going to kill him. So he does. Because his timing's perfect, eh? And he's like, yeah. And God's like, no. (laughs) No, Moses. No. You see, yes, you're the man. Yes, I'm going to raise you up. Yes, you're going to start the the exodus of my people. But Moses, now is not the time. So Moses has to run away. And he flees Egypt. And he seems to have an entire life. And you're almost like, God, have have you forgotten that your people are oppressed? Have you forgotten that your people are in slavery? Have you forgotten that you raised up this man, Moses, to be the guy who's going to set these people free? Listen, I've thought long and hard about this and, and, and pop this into your own world. Don't just think this is me saying about Moses or even just about me. This is you. It doesn't matter how right Moses was. It doesn't matter how strong Moses was. It doesn't matter how strong collectively that the Hebrews, the Israelites were. They could not do it without God. Fact. Often we think, you know, I've got this. Now has got to be the time. God, you seem like you're on some kind of vacation somewhere, so I'm just going to crack on and do it. And it can only end in failure. It can only end in disappointment. And you know who we blame at the other end? Funny that, isn't it? It's like, God, I don't know what you were doing. Well, now weren't the time. (laughs) So you went that on your own. And Moses has had to learn the hard way that actually his strength, his passion, his vigour, his enthusiasm. Well, unfortunately, at this particular juncture, they were misplaced. What he actually needed was faith and patience that God was going to do it. Going it alone has never and will never be a wise option. Moses realises his error. He realises that he's done wrong. And I'm pretty sure that even in amongst Moses' failure and his arrogance, if you like, and his passion and his seek of justice, that I'm pretty sure that even though Moses got it wrong, that God is still bigger 
and God is still better and he's still in control, Moses' mistake, Moses' arrogance are not going to stop God's plan. Now, I take a lot from that. That so often I can get in the way and I can think I know what's right. But it's a case of listening and seeing what God has in store. Listen, um, Exodus chapter 3 then, verse 1 through 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Here's a man who's made a mistake. Here's a man who's done something wrong. Here's a man who's been on the run for a while. And here's a man who knows full well that he should be afraid. The Lord said to him, I have indeed, listen to this, seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And Moses is like, oh, so did I. A while ago as it happened. God goes on, he says, I've heard the crying and because of their slave drivers and I am concer uh, concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. Amen. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses surely would be thinking about time, Lord. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Well, that's a curveball. I thought he thought he was the man. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that is, it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say? What an odd question. Surely he knows, doesn't he? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. Or indeed, I will be what I will be. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me 
to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Now, if you've been in a position before in your life where you feel like you have done far too much in the wrong direction of God and you think there is no possible way that God can use me, I have gone too far in the wrong direction, I have made too many mistakes, I have gone off my own timing, I've run with things that I shouldn't have run with and I have found myself what I believe is far away from God, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Listen, Moses decided to kill an Egyptian. He buried the Egyptian in the sand. He thought nobody had seen him. In fact, one of his fellow Hebrews had seen him do it and was like, what are you going to do? Kill us like he killed the Egyptian. The cat was out the bag. Moses was in a mess. He hadn't hidden it from anybody, let alone God. And now he feels like he's miles away from God. He's run away into an entirely new life elsewhere. And God said... Moses, you are the man, so listen. And Moses must be thinking, how? Surely I've done enough to have destroyed this relationship. And God's like, Moses, I am who I am. You are still the man. You are still the man for the plan. You've been taken down a peg or two. And your confidence can now no longer be placed in um, yourself. The only place now that you can put your confidence, well, is in me. Isn't that funny? Sometimes we think when we read through scripture, like, these things just happened and God was like, wow, that's a shock. I can't believe he's going to kill that Egyptian. Ha! Who'd have thought it? No. God knows exactly who you are. The word tells us he knows every hair on your head. The word tells us that he knit you together in your mother's womb. You think you know, you know yourself. God knows you far better. He knows every action, every thought, every conceivable thing that you've even brought into your mind. God is aware of it. He knows what makes you tick, he knows what makes you laugh, he knows what makes you cry, he knows you. Side note, and he still loves you. Mind blowing, eh? He knows you better than you know you, and he still loves you. Moses is now in a position where he has been brought down a complete rung, if not an entire ladder. He has realised that his timing was off. He has realised that he was never going to do it on his own. He has now realised that without God, these things are not possible at all. And God's saying to him, look, Moses, now is the time. God speaks to Moses from inside a bush that's burning, but isn't burning up. And as he approaches the bush, God says to him, take off your shoes. Do not come any closer. For the place where you're standing is holy ground. This church is Moses' Psalm 46.10 moment. This is it. Moses, 
in Derbyshire dialect, sure up. Be still and know that I am God. And you have to sit in that moment, if you can, place yourself in that moment, in your own walk, in your own life, and think, when has God sat you down and said, for goodness sake, just be quiet. Just listen. Because it's only in the stillness that we know. Did you get that from Psalm 46.10? It's only in the still that we get to know. That we can be still and know that he is God. You're Moses, and that's great. But I am going to use you because I am God. God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God's time in church is absolutely key. His promises are yes and amen. He is the beginning and the end. He knows the next step. And we have to trust him. In the storm... That's easier, I think, than in the quiet. We have to trust him in the storm, but we also have to trust him in the quiet. When he says step, and only then do we move in his strength, to his plan, to his agenda, to his schedule. Amen. Exodus 3, again, verse 9 and 10. God says this to him. He says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. He had a moment where he had to stop. Take off your shoes. Sit and listen. And now he's got a moment where God is saying to him, so now go, I am sending you. What a difference though. Moses had to go through all of that to get to a place where he has realised that I don't come in my own strength. That I'm going to go to Pharaoh in the Lord's strength. I don't, he's not going to stand before Pharaoh and go, right, I'm here. I've seen this mess. I've killed one of you. I'll take you all on. He's now in a position where he's going to go back to Pharaoh and say, I come in the Lord's strength. God has sent me. What a difference for the Hebrews. Like, oh, okay. Well, if God's raised you up, if God's sent you, if it's God's time, then this is what's going to happen. Church, when we look at those two ideas that I come in my strength or I come in God's strength, I am certain that one will succeed. And I'm also absolutely certain that one will not. I'll let you work that out. Moses is a man who was so confident, he was so arrogant, he was so sure of himself, he was so certain of God's timing, he was so certain of God's approach, that actually he got it all wrong. But now he's a man who is, well, uh, scratching his head a little bit, thinking, I, I can't be the man because I've made a mess. And God's like, well, now you're in a perfect position for me to use you because you've realised that you are not going to do it in your own strength, Moses. He has had a Philippians 4.13 moment that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
When we do things in his will, when we do things in his strength, we are able to do things that we never even dreamed possible. And church, we don't find ourselves in a moment where we think, I can do this just because I feel like I can do this. No, we sit, we listen, we spend time in the word, we spend time praying, we worship God, and we are ready for when God says, now is the time. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you will help us to step when the time is right and be in your will, Father, and in your strength. Lord, help us to be ready, to be still and to know. When our eagerness and our arrogance take hold, Lord, help us to keep our gaze fixed on you, ready to serve you as you direct us. Lord, I pray that you might bless us as your church as we step but Father, too, that you will bless us and encourage us as we wait in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. 